0: is is when they make this image of the beast it'll be some type of high-tech robotics that uh, it, it can talk it can its eyes and blink its mouth can move but also it can also be interfaced with the world banking system and because it's a computer interface with high uh, robotic technology it'll be at light speed be able to scan and know who has the mark because they're going to know who they issued it to and who they haven't issued it to. And they'll cross-reference all of that. And then the image of the beast will be able to spit out the warrants, the death warrants and the, the warrants to go and capture and arrest and ultimately commit capital punishment on those who refuse to get the mark. This is how that robotic image or that image when it's bought to life will be able to do that because Praise the Lord, everyone out there in YouTube, podcasts, and Facebook land. This is Dr. Dennis James Woods, and we're here one more time with the Revelation Revolution Podcast. We just thank God for all of you tuning in to this exciting episode. And we're going to be, uh, I'm going to uh, uh, do, depart just a little bit from what I said from our last lesson. Uh, instead of doing a sequence of events, what we're going to do in this segment, ladies and gentlemen, is a detailed study on the mark of the beast. Um, And I feel this is a necessary study that has to be done. There's a lot of mystique and mystery and misinformation uh, concerning the mark of the beast and what it means and all of that. And you know, whether it's a computer chip and all of that, we'll, we'll just, what we're going to do is we're going to go to the Bible and look and see what the scriptures say. And then that way, we can have a good understanding of what the mark of the beast will be, what it will mean, and what it, what it will entail in detail in the name of Jesus. So right now, let's just have a word of prayer, and then we're going to get into our lesson. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank and praise you, Lord God, for your love, mercy, and grace. We thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to do another lesson on the Revelation Revolution podcast. We pray for everyone that is going to be engaging and listening uh, and uh, viewing this video, uh, this podcast, Lord God. We ask you to bless them, increase their understanding, their wisdom, and their knowledge concerning the things to come, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for all that you are doing in our life. We thank you for your salvation, uh, the power, and the resurrection, and your soon uh, return, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, before we get started, we'd just like to make announcements that we are making a great headways on my commentary. Uh, my review team and I just met this, uh, past Monday. Uh, it is, uh, uh, July 19th, uh, 2023 and, uh, they are engaging with the material and their, their reviews have just been in very, very, very encouraging. Uh, some of the, uh, our, our uh committee were just saying how that uh what they were learning about revelation from the perspective that god has given me to teach it uh is just revolutionary it was eye-opening uh some of the comments that say they had never seen or understood this in revelation before ladies and gentlemen the commentary that i'm writing a verse by verse commentary is a, a very very unique work now I'm not coming out of the yellow pages, the left field, and just coming up with just wild interpretations. Most of it is very standard, uh, but a lot of it is coming, not coming from a dispensational point of view uh, that the church is already gone, the church is not mentioned. Those are not the premises that I uh, proceed with in the book of Revelation. Uh, I teach that the book of Revelation was written to the church, for the church, and is about the church. I teach that the uh, the tribulation, the saints that are typically called the tribulation saints, is the church. Uh, glory to God. And so dispensationalists would have a conniption and disagree with that. But there's a lot of reasons why we are challenging the traditional position that basically came uh, to the United States in the 1830s, the uh, uh, the early part of the 19th century, uh, bought over by John Nelson Darby and then spread by other key individuals here in America. Uh, and dispensationalism just has become the uh, the predominant prevailing interpretation of how the rapture would go down and all of that, so that's why this program, if you look behind me, is Revelation Revolution because we are uh, giving a completely different model of interpreting the uh, uh, understanding the book of Revelation in regards to the fact that it is about the church. I teach, glory to God, that the tribula- the the so called tribulation saints, the so called. Tim LaHaye left behind folks are really the greatest group of Christians that has ever lived. And the reason why I say that those Revelation 13 saints, the reason why I say that is because Revelation 12 and 11 says they loved not their lives. They overcame the Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony and they loved not their lives unto the death. These are sold out Full of fortitude, full of faith, filled with the Holy Ghost, refusing to bow to Satan, refusing to take the mark of the beast. And uh, saying, hey, listen, if it costs me my life, so be it. If it costs my my family's life, so be it. If it costs me my job, my reputation, and everything, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. And so that's what this group of saints is all about. And this is why Revelation celebrates them. Now, let me just drop this on you. Uh, There is no doubt about it, ladies and gentlemen. The people that pre-trib calls the tribulation saints is no doubt about it and which I do not call tribulation saints. I actually call that the church. the it's no doubt about it. these people go to heaven. These people are saved. These people have eternal life. <laughs> so what is the issue? I mean isn't that why we get saved isn't that why we repent of our sins and uh ask the lord ask the lord to become lord of our lives and christ take up residence within our hearts glory to god and we're born again and all of that members of the body of christ functioning serving god don't we do that ladies and gentlemen so that we will have eternal life be saved go to heaven you know and all the, the things that we as associate with the salvific the uh, uh finalized salvific process uh uh after we leave this world uh, isn't that what what we do it for isn't the whole idea to be saved and not be lost isn't the whole idea is to live forever in the presence of god and, the, and a and a new heaven and a new earth isn't that the thing isn't that the whole reason why we do it for the church well ladies and gentlemen that's the same thing that happens to the with tri- the so-called tribulation saints. So if they go to heaven just like just like the church, if they're saved just like the church, and they have eternal life just like the church, and they and all of these things that that's what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, then what is the issue with being the tribulation saint? See, if the tribulation so-called tribulation saints weren't saved, then I could understand people saying, oh, the left behinds are people <laughs> are in trouble. The left behind people, ladies and gentlemen, are the last generation of church saints. This is why God gave the book of Revelation to the church. Just think, without the book of Revelation, we wouldn't know about the mark of the beast. We wouldn't know about the seals. We wouldn't know about the trumpets, what happens in each trumpet. We would not know what happens in each bowl. We'd have never known about Armageddon because Armageddon is the only, is, is only found one place in the Bible. That word, uh, uh, Armageddon or Armageddon, however you want to pronounce it, that's only found in the book of Revelation. We wouldn't know about there's a thousand years that separate the first resurrection from the second from the second resurrection. We wouldn't know anything about the second death. We wouldn't know anything about any of that. We wouldn't know anything about the false prophet, how he's going to do miracles and all of this. Why do we know this information? We know this information because of the book of Revelation. There is no other book that gives that information. The stuff I just told you about, it's not found in any other book. Glory to God. There is no mark of the beast in any other book in the Bible. Any other book in the world has that information. And so, ladies and gentlemen, this is why God gave the book of Revelation to the church. It wasn't a book that was given just so theologians can write uh, dissertations and reference books and teach in seminaries and tell everybody we're not going to be here. Uh, it doesn't apply to the church. That's ridiculous. It does apply to the church. <laughs> we're the ones who are living through these signs and seeing <laughs> the Canadian fires and our cities turning <laughs> hazy and all of that and wars happening all over the place Russia going crazy over there with uh, Ukraine fires in Europe floods in Korea it's, it's stuff that's happening all over the place ladies and gentlemen I mean we are really getting previews of what it's gonna be like when that first trumpet blows the first trumpet ladies and gentlemen a third of the grass and stuff like that in the trees on earth burn up Glory to God! Does that sound familiar? Do we are we starting to see things? I'm not saying the first trumpet is blown already, but I'm just saying these are all apocalyptic previews, and we're seeing this. But what what's going on with the church? Church has a hidden sign. Because, oh, we're not going to be here. Revelation doesn't apply to us. Oh, the word church isn't there and all of that. That is not what I'm teaching in my commentary. My commentary is going to open up the book of Revelation, ladies and gentlemen, so you'll be able to understand it the way it was meant to be understood with the church there. Glory to God. And so that, that's what I'm saying. The uh, uh, the Revelation 13 saints, the ones that uh, Antichrist makes war with, glory to God, and he's making war with them because God permits it to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, the purpose of suffering, the saints' suffering, and the purpose of people dying in in faith glorifies God. God has a purpose in it. And guess what? This is why the Holy Spirit says in Revelation 14, blessed are the dead that die in the Lord from now on. It's a special blessing. pre trib tells everybody, well, if you're still here to get your hair cut off, you're cursed. You've been forsaken. uh, You missed the rapture. That's Ladies and gentlemen, it could nothing could be further from the truth, and I want you to understand that so that you will have a right perspective. So listen, my commentary is going to deal with all that verse by verse, go through the whole book, ladies and gentlemen, from a pre-rap perspective. Pre-rap different than Marvin Rosenthal and. Uh, and all of the other uh, uh, people that uh, uh, promote the uh, pre-RAF uh, position, uh, I'm not connected with them. I don't know any of them. I, I, I did speak to Marvin Rosenthal on the phone years ago when my first book, Unlocking the Door to Key to Biblical Prophecy, came out in 1994, uh, 94, 95. I actually spoke to Mo- Marvin Rosenthal. He, uh, Rosenthal, at, the, at that time, he was president of Zion Hope, and he had the... Uh, the holy land experience actually was, was 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 it was his project and i believe they ended up selling it but uh, and that's when i spoke to him i was one of the first people to even write on pre rap i didn't even know that i was fathering a a position you know, I'm not the, the first, but I'm one of the first that have ever even written a book on pre-rapture, and and my position is different than uh, other uh, pre-rapture proponents. I do not teach that the uh, Michael, the archangel, is the restrainer. I don't teach that. I do I do not teach that the rapture happens between the sixth and the seventh seal, and 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 nor do I split Daniel's uh, seventy a week up into three different parts and all of that. See, I, I, I that's not that's not what, what I teach. So. I just want to encourage you. Just keep continue to pray for me. I want you to get this commentary when it comes out. It's not not about the money. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I I, I, I want you to, to get these uh, 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 videos and these teachings and share them. Share them. Listen, uh, uh, join. Uh, uh, I guess you subscribe. But I, you know, I'm still kind of new to this YouTube thing. Well, not real new, but. The thing is, is uh, subscribe, share my videos with your friends and your family. So if you're sharing it with people that are pre-trib, they're not going to like it because I'm teaching diametrically opposed to what they've been taught all their life. So they've been taught we're going we're, we're gonna to be gone and, and they don't want to hear anything else, frankly. The bottom line is this, uh, a pre-trib has a, uh, a, a, an Achilles heel that's really, really going to be evident once Daniel 70th week gets in that uh uh that period gets here and the pretrib rapture hasn't happened and we go into the 70 week of Daniel everybody at that point is going to know is wrong anyway and uh now how people respond after that is critical and so the thing is is uh, uh uh we just have to remain faithful uh glory to God we have to understand that the doctrines of men are not the same as the word of God even though we attribute we attribute what other uh, scholars say and give it equal standing as the word of god and nobody should do that not with my stuff not with anybody's stuff glory to god the word is the word the word speaks for itself Uh, glory to god and so i just wanted to uh start out with saying all of that and now that i've gotten over my preliminary (laughs) remarks let's get into our lesson with the mark of the beast and so i just wanted to uh, uh thank god again for all of you glory to God in the name of Jesus and so uh, we can get ready to uh, get into our lesson and the mark of the beast and so uh, again God bless you and thank you for tuning in we are going to have a good time you're going to learn a lot glory to God about the mark of the beast so let's just get right into our lesson Okay, first of all, the, what I want to do is before we get into the mark of the beast, is just go over a few preliminary things about the actions of the beast. We have to understand some of the things he's going to do. We're going to give the scriptural references. We're not going to get. We're not going to actually go into the text on each one of these. Number one, what you need to know about the beast, slant the antichrist. Uh, in Revelation, he's just referred to as the beast. He's not called the antichrist. John is the only one in uh, the, uh, his first and second epistle are the, is the only one that actually calls him the Antichrist, but uh, uh, John is also the same John that wrote Revelation, the same one that did uh, the Gospel John and uh, the epistles. Now, there are other people that disagree with that, there are scholars that, it, 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 on any point you can make in the Bible, there's some scholar that will disagree with you, so <laughs> I don't care what it is. We accept that John is a, the author of this, the uh, uh, Apostle John. The same one, the, the disciple whom Jesus loved, we, we accepted that he is the author of the uh, gospel epistles and the book of Revelation. So uh, uh, according to the book of Revelation, uh, he receives, or uh, the beast receives his power directly from Satan. That's Revelation th- uh, 13, 2. Uh, the world will worship the beast. The world is going to worship the beast. Uh, that's Revelation uh, 13, 4. And. Um, the 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 beast will also speak great things and blasphemies against god now we find that in revelation 13 5 and 2nd thessalonians chapter 2 verse 4 and daniel 7 and 8. this is where we find that information number four he opposes all that is called god or that is worship And declares himself to be God. So this is the issue with the Antichrist. uh, You're going to have to worship him as God. He's going to declare himself to be God. He's going to walk into the uh, temple, uh, the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem, walk into the holy place and commit the abomination of desolation, which is him being in the holy place, as well as erecting an image. And we're going to be talking about the image of the beast here today as well. Uh, number five, he will break the treaty with Israel and take away their right to offer sacrifices at their temple, just as Antiochus Epiphanes did in Daniel 9, Now, Antiochus Epiphanes is a very pivotal uh, 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 a key Syrian king who uh, 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 ransacked Jerusalem, d- uh, d- uh, desecrated the temple, erected a, a statue of Zeus, uh, and, 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 or Jupiter in the holy place, completely profane in the temple. It caused a revolt called the Maccabean Revolt. You can see that in the book of Maccabees, uh, uh, the first Maccabees. And I think chapter one through four, I forget where it is. Uh, uh, but in the book of Maccabees, that, that would be found, the Maccabees would be found in the, in the Catholic Bible that has an Apocrypha uh, or some of the older King James versions, have uh the apocrypha or any revised standard version of the bible has an, an apocrypha okay and so uh the, the the events that concerning the uh desecration of the temple and what the uh the the maccabean brothers did they led a revolt long story short when they rededicated to the temple after the syrians defiled it that's what uh, uh they call the, the feast of dedication which is our holiday the, the holiday hanukkah and that's how hanukkah started it started with a type of antichrist defiling the temple the antichrist to come is going to do this it's a very similar things by going into the holy place and defiling it and so this is why the antichrist uh the uh antiochus Epiphan- uh, epiphanes the fourth uh, is a type of Antichrist, and that's why Jesus, in Matthew 24, uh, verse 15, said, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place where it ought not, they, uh, let them who are in Judea flee uh, come to come uh, uh, flee from the root south and, and flee Jerusalem and all that. And so, this is why that is important. Antichrist is going to do what Antichrist epiphanies did. Uh, glory to God. Okay, now, Uh, number six he would kill the two witnesses that's in revelation uh 11 7 as a matter of fact that's how he starts his ministry off with killing the two witnesses his his political career lord god he will place the abomination of desolation i just spoke of that uh uh particularly second thessalonians chapter number two uh, verses uh, uh, three and four uh, deal with that issue spe- uh, uh, graphically and specifically. Uh, uh, number eight, he will make war with the saints. He's going to he's going to he's going to martyr a lot of saints, uh, just like first-century Christians, like Paul, like Peter, <laughs> all of the apostles. You know, the, it, it's funny. You know, the uh, some preachers people uh, are quoting. Uh, uh, John fourteen one 1 through 4 where it says uh, let not your hearts be troubled you believe in God believe also in me and my father's house there's many mansions and all of that and he said well if the Christians were still gonna be here with Antichrist he wouldn't be able to say let not your hearts be troubled he would have to say let your heart be troubled As if though suffering is something bad, look, suffering glorifies God and God is going to pay big time rewards for those who love not their lives to death. Besides that, And even saying that is crazy because the people that Jesus was talking to were his 12 disciples and all of them were (laughs) like martyrs, died terrible deaths, right? So he obviously didn't mean let not your heart be troubled because nothing bad is going to happen to you. Paul got his head cut off. Peter was hung crucified upside down. Luke was dragged to death. I know Luke was an apostle, but I'm just saying all of these people that really held on to the faith, uh, such as... uh, uh, Pituita and uh, Felicity, uh, some of the first North African uh, 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 women, you know, to uh, be martyred for the Christian faith. And it was just a lot of things going on in that first, second, third century. And, I mean, it was off the chain. Christianity was a very, very, the, uh, the blood of the saints were the seed of the church. And so uh, uh, there was a lot of that going on, but this is how the church has always been. Right now in the world, there's more people in the 21st century that have been martyred than any other time in in, in the history of Christianity. Ladies and gentlemen, it's just that we don't see it in America, so we think it's not happening. It's not true. It does happen. Glory to God. And it's what happens to Christians that are faithful to these hostile governments, and they don't take down. That means going to jail, you losing your life. You losing your home, having your house burned up, having having your family assaulted, and things like that. But you can't turn on Christ. For which, for which one of those, your wife, your kids, is worth your soul going to hell, losing your soul and going to hell. I know you love your kids. I know you love your house. I know you love the job and the things and the good things that God has given you, but none of it is worth your soul. Sorry. Your wife is not worth losing your soul, going to hell for. Sorry. She, she, she not. Your kids are not. Uh, you know and so the bottom line is uh uh those will not be adequate defenses. Lord I well I didn't I got the mark of the beast because you know I was afraid to that. Yeah, you know that's that's those uh, God calls those the cowards. Uh glory to God. Uh number eleven he will launch a preemptive attack talking about the beast on the uh Babylon the Great and destroy her in one hour. Now that's found in Revelation us uh, seventeen sixteen Revelation eighteen nine and verse seventeen. Okay uh, verse number 12 when the lord returns he along with the false prophet will be thrown alive into the lake of fire and so uh that's revelation excuse me uh, uh verse 19 uh, uh, chapter 19 verse 20. uh all right now so just in, in just having gone over those preliminaries this is the other point I want you to understand the beast and the christ is not the only beast and <laughs> revelation is two of them He got a twin brother. No, he's not a twin brother. (laughs) But it's another beast. Uh, glory to God. It's a second beast. That second beast is also known as the false prophet. So let's get into the second beast and who and what he is. Glory to God. Because there's a lot of people that don't understand the role that the false prophet plays in this whole scenario. So what we are doing is we're going to read and start reading it. This is Revelation chapter 13, verse number 11. And we're going to look at this, ladies and gentlemen, from the New American Standard Bible. So it says, then I saw another beast. I've got it highlighted there in white so you can see it. Coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and he spoke as a dragon. Now let me just stop right there. He had two horns like a lamb. Now in Revelation the lamb is Christ. There's no no doubt about it. The lamb of God and all of that. We all we all we we already understand the typology, the sacrificial lamb, that whole thing. We we understand that. But this false this second beast, he has two horns like a lamb. So he has the authority of a great religious type of person. So this is why he's he's gonna be a minister. He's gonna be a clergy type of person. And this is why he is also called the false prophet. And so he's not called the false prophet here, but he is in other parts of Revelation. So let us continue. And it says, number two, number verse 12, he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence. So in other words, he had the same amount of authority in the earth realm as the first beast. So him and Antichrist had the same, same amount of authority. So that means this, this religious guy has a lot of power. But he's very, very key in understanding what the beast does and understanding his kingdom. You have to understand the authority and the power that is given to the second beast, the second beast that comes up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb. He spoke as a dragon. Now, spoke as a dragon in the book of Revelation. The dragon is Satan. So he's got a looks religious, but his message is satanic. Okay, it is deceptive. It is lying. It is hell bound. It is, it is destroying, it is corrupting. That's what this means. He exercised all of the authority of the first beast in his presence, and he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast. Now, the first beast is Antichrist, or the beast. So, But it, the, the beast declares himself to be God. Yes, he does but he has a religious counterpart that has the same authority as he has. And that's the one who tells the world y'all need to worship the first beast. Okay. So let's read this again. And he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose fatal wound was healed. Okay. Uh, now that last part fatal woman's healed. there's a theory that the Antichrist will be shot in the head and then there'll be a fake resurrection and all of that that it's room for debate on that and we don't have to we're not going to get stuck there right now because I just wanted to mention that because it is in the text so it's possible you know but there are other there are other uh, probably just as probable explanations for that and we'll take that up in another lesson glory to God. And listen to what it says, verse 13. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men. Now, the one, the prophet that did do that was Elijah. When Elijah called for the fire from heaven to destroy the prophets of Baal, you know, that that, that happened. And so the false prophet is going to be able to do uh, uh, lying wonders, false signs, false miracles, whatever you call them, miracles, you know. It, it might not be a godly miracle, but it's still a miracle. These these but these these boys have power. Now there's no no. Let's not play with that. Glory to God. Satan has power. Satan is able to do things miraculous that are supernatural. That's why everything supernatural is not of God. That's why every spirit is not of God, and these spirits have power. They have power to do things, and we're gonna see some of the things that he's able to do. One of these things, he's gonna be able to call fire down from heaven, people are gonna see, they're gonna be tripped out. So this is why there's two of these people. Now, in regards to the what is called the unholy trinity, ladies and gentlemen, that would be Satan, the antichrist or the beast, and the false prophet. That's the three, okay? Behind all of it is Satan, but Satan is using the uh, beast as a puppet as well as the false prophet Okay, so he makes he performs great signs so that he makes fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of men Okay, the next verse And he deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which he was given which was given him to perform in the presence of the beast telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who had the deadly wound with the sword and has come to life. And it was given to him to breathe, to breathe, to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast would be able to would speak and cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So now, This is deep, ladies and gentlemen. This is where we're getting into deep water now. It is important to understand of what happens here. Let's look at the passage again. He deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which it was given to him to perform in the presence of the beast. Now, Now, this is what it, listen, very important. It's very important. This next phrase is that I have bolded in white telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast. Now, so when the false prophet comes on the scene, he's with the beast now. He's the one who tells the world y'all need to worship him. The beast is going to declare himself to be God, but he's going to have a religious person by his side saying world y'all need to worship him. Not only that, we also need to make an image of the beast. Now this image, ladies and gentlemen, as as those of you that might've been studying the Bible for a while, Remember, in the Old Testament, there were many idol gods, but they were always gods that were carved out of wood or or stone or made of silver and gold, like Diana of the Ephesians and all of that. These are idols. These are things that men make that they bow down and worship, okay? And so in this case, what happens is, is when he comes on the scene, he is also going to command that an image of the beast be made. Okay, now, once this image is made, oh, glory to God, this is what he's going to do. And it was given to him to breathe, to give breath to the image of the beast. Now, let's just stop right there. They're going to make an inanimate object of the beast, a likeness of him. Okay. And the Bible here says that the f- false prophet is going to give breath to the image. So what I want to do, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a new share here because I want to examine this and pull up my uh uh my bible program here let me let me go back and make sure I get it because I haven't done it yet okay there we have it all right now so let's go to Revelation. I, I, I want to I show you all of this because it's very important, ladies and gentlemen. It's very important. And we want to break this down, what, what, what is meant by he gives breath to the image of the beast. So we can, we can, we can, we can look at this together with the scriptures. You know how I do it. I, I, I love to come and, and I do it here. Okay, now so this is verse number 15. So let's go, what we're going to do. So we're going to do it from the King James, because right now I'm in the NASB. So let's do it from the King James. Okay. And he had power to give life to the image of the beast. Now, here's what we're going to do. Let's go to our Greek so that we can understand why the NASB and other versions translated the way they do. So let's go to our Greek. Okay. And he says, um, to give life. Now the word life there, you can see it right there. Okay. The word life, it comes from the Greek word Numa. Now you may have heard Numa in different ways like pneumatic, which means air. Okay, you have a a, those jacks that you see, those jackhammers, those are pneumatic. There's a that's compressed air that's running those. Okay, so pneuma. Pneuma is translated breath, breathe, spirit, or wind. Okay, for example, it means a current of air, it means breath or a breeze by analogies, figurative spirit. Uh, It also means the rational soul, okay? Uh, It could mean a vital principle, a mental disposition, or a, a superhuman angel, a demon. Or it could be divine, God, Christ's spirit, the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, like the Holy Ghost. Uh, so, so there's a, there's a wide application for the word pneuma in the Greek. And so the reason why this is important, ladies and gentlemen, is because this is the word pneuma, he gave life to the image. So John uses the word pneuma. So we're going to see. Why, maybe, that John may have used this word. Okay, so as we go back to the text, it says, and he had power to give life to the image of the beast. Now, listen to what he describes here so that you'll understand where he's coming from. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause. That as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So now, here's what happens, ladies and gentlemen. The false prophet comes on the scene and says, In our worship to the beast, in the worship to the beast, not our, because I'm a Christian, I wouldn't worship the Out of Christ. And we're gonna we're even gonna get into that. But he says, What we want the world to worship the beast. Not only worship the beast, but we're going to uh, 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 make it. He's going to command that the image of the beast be made. And then once the image is made, the Bible says he's going to give life to the image. And the evidence of that life is the image is able to what? Speak that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the beast to be killed. So what John is witnessing, an inanimate object being brought to life that can function, it can speak, and it has functionality. What is the functionality? It can cause as many as would not worship the beast or its image to be killed. Now, how in the world could it do that? Well, ladies and gentlemen, John, yes, he used the word "numa" because he is seeing an image that was inanimate, not functioning. And then the beast, the false prophet had the power to give life to that image, and the image after it was given life was speaking and causing people to die. So now John is observing technological advances that could very well that, that are very well alive today in our society in the twenty first in the twenty uh, first century. Of, uh, 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 so this is this is an, an amazing thing. The problem is, is John would not have had the language in the first century to describe artificial intelligence. He would not have understood by by an, an image of robotic high uh, uh, high tech robotic features. He would not have understood uh, the uh, the robot Sophia and all of these other uh, uh, things that people have interviewed her on on 60 Minutes and she's listening to questions answering, lips are moving and everything, eyes blinking. How would John not know that's really not living? In his mind, the word he used was pneuma because the thing could talk. Not only could it talk, it could carry out a functional agenda. So it was inanimate. It was, they had to make the image of the beast and then bring it to life. Now today we would understand that this is some high tech, machine learning, artificial intelligence interface with robotic technology that can actually do things and function like a human being, carry on a conversation John would not have known if he was looking at a high definition television and seeing an image inside a screen. He would not know from the first century's perspective that that is a, that's not a real human being actually sitting up in the television. How would he know? He wouldn't know. Glory to God! If he was especially being a first-century man viewing things that that could only have be uh, uh, occurred in the 20th and 21st century, no other no other human generation has ever had technology like this. Nobody in the 15th century, 16th century, this these type of things were not available until the 20th century. Now we're in the 21st century, and now we're actually dealing with issues caused by artificial intelligence. As a matter of fact, this is why the uh, uh, the actors are on strike right now because they're concerned about the studios just taking their uh, image and then putting it on some artificial intelligence and letting one of these AI machines Create a whole actor using their image, and then they don't have to pay them a dime. Just scan their face and put their image out there. And so, uh, and the same thing with artificial intelligence creating music and all of that. See, now we're entering a whole nother age, ladies and gentlemen, where you've got uh, chat, chat BT, whatever whether, whether it's called that that artificial intelligence, you could tell it to go in and do a sermon on the book of Revelation, give it a verse, it'll give you five points, create a sermon, whole nine yards. We are dealing now in an age, ladies and gentlemen, where technology is off the chain. But John would not have had language to describe this, and so I believe the reason why John used Numa, because he didn't have a word for computer. He didn't have a word for the internet. He didn't have word for artificial intelligence, nor did he have uh, a Word for uh, uh, robotics. All he's doing is relating to what he sees in the vision from a, what is called phenomenological language, which in fact means as it appears to the eyes. And so, just be, and so the whereas the King James uses, and he will give life to the image of the beast, life to the image of the beast. Then the uh, NASB. Uh, glory to God, then translates that. And it was given him to give breath to the image of the beast. And the reason why it's breath is because the word pneuma means spirit and spirit also can mean breath and all of that. It's the only word he could have used from the first century, looking 21 centuries ahead in the future, at least 21 centuries ahead in the future, seeing something that they made, they created, and then now it's talking. Well, John don't understand He they, they didn't have electricity. You know, something is dead until you plug it in. My computer died. My phone died. I got a child see that's what we say if your phone loses power you says your phone died right so it's an inanimate object, it's not working, it's a black screen, you know, and all of a sudden once you plug it in, give it some light, then you can bring it back to light by plugging it in. So we understand this today, he would not have understood that, and God does not give human beings crash courses on future technology. So in other words, God was not going to tell him what Google was and what is the book of you know, I could see John asking the Lord, he said, okay, Lord. I." see all this interesting stuff but uh I got a few questions for you uh what is what's a Google you know I could see him asking that and where did the Yahoos live and uh, uh explain this book of faces <laughs> you know <laughs> so uh uh you know he wouldn't have understood things like Twitter you know he, he had no language for that so God and God's not gonna try to give him a crash course on what artificial intelligence is, and he's in the first century, they don't even know what a light bulb or, or or electricity is, and they still believe the world was flat by that at that point. You know, it's a whole lot of stuff that John would not have known. So now he's in the future looking at these things. And so when you're writing Revelation, you have to understand: yes, this is how he saw it and how he understood it. Uh uh, but it is also uh uh, uh understandable today when we understand today's technology. Now. It is possible. There is a possibility that, ladies and gentlemen, they make an image to the beast, and it's an image that they do bring to life somehow. Now, the reason why I say that is because of what happened when Moses and uh, 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 went before Pharaoh and they threw down their uh, rods and they became serpents. Let's let's go to that text uh, real fast and uh hopefully i'm not taking up too much time because i I have to okay all right listen to this let's go Exodus 7 10. okay so this is what happened he says and the lord spoke to moses and aaron saying When the Pharaoh shall speak to you saying, show a miracle for you, then you shall say to Aaron, take that rod and cast it down to Pharaoh and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and they did so as the Lord had commanded and Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh, uh, before his servants and it became a serpent. Okay, now check this out. So we know who was doing that. We know who made that rod, that piece of wood become a living reptile. We know whose power that was. Now, verse number 11. Then Pharaoh called his wise men and sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments, for they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. So that means the magicians of Pharaoh did the same thing an inanimate piece of wood became a living creature. Now, the reason why I'm bringing that in, even though I kind of lean towards the artificial intelligence thing and John just seeing technology in the future that he had no language for, so he just said it the way he said it, but there's also a biblical precedent for inanimate objects being brought to life. And that's what actually happened here uh, with uh, the enchantments of Mosman. Now, people would say, well, uh, uh, this was a false, it was a false no, this was not a false miracle. Glory to God. That that th- th- that side has power also. And as a matter of fact, the first three signs, the, uh, 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 the magicians of Pharaoh uh, were able to copy those signs. But it just got to, once they got to them, I think them lice and all that lice come start coming out the ground. They said, No, no, this is the finger of God. We, we, we are in our league, we over our pay grade. <laughs> so they said, No, 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 this is the finger of God. So, but anyway, and but it says, But, but Aaron's wad swallowed up their rods. So that what that tells you is, is their rods actually did become snakes because one snake ate the other snake. So the, the this wasn't a phantom, this wasn't a puff of smoke. You know, it wasn't. It, it, was a, it was a real thing. So I, I, I went there just to uh, show that uh, there is another possibility. And this is why this is a Bible study, ladies and gentlemen. We, we want you to understand and know uh, the truth. Glory to God. So I just don't want to just give the technology side without understanding. No, there are powers that on the on on Satan in the kingdom of darkness on Satan's side that can do things like that. So it is possible, but I kind of lean towards the artificial technology. And I'm going to tell you why. All right, now, so let's go back to, let's go back to my, uh, all right, now. And so, so it says, and it was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast should both speak. And cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Now this is interesting. Now remember the the hypothesis that I'm going on is that this is artificial intelligence, this is high tech, AI, mechanical machine, uh, machine learning, all of that type of thing. And the reason why I say that is, it says, it says here that so the image of the beast could speak and cause, glory to God, let me, let me go back, I'm sorry about that, and cause as many as do not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Now, how would the image know who has the mark and who doesn't, and how would it go about seeing that they get killed? This is because, ladies and gentlemen, the beast is going to use a financial system that can be interfaced with the image of the beast. And the reason why it can be interfaced with the image of the beast is because the image of the beast is not an organic living thing, but it, it, is, a, it, it is a mechanical, artificial intelligence thing. So the by this time, the world banking system and all of that will be on one accord. They're trying to do that now. That they will be there will that will be off the dollars and all that we won't be trading and and anything like that anymore. All that'll be gone. So what is it going to end up happening is all of the world's systems, all of the world's financial system, all of the world's banking accounts will all come under the control of a centralized world and global bank. That when the Antichrist comes to power, they will seize power over that. And they will have control over it, so that when the image of the beast is made, this will be some type of uh, uh, robotic thing that looks like just like the beast or the antichrist, whatever his name is going to be. That's his his name is not antichrist. He's going. He'll have a mother and father just like anybody else. Glory to God. He'll be possessed by a demon that comes out of the bottomless pit. That's another a lesson for another time. But what's going to happen is is when they make this image of the beast. It'll be some type of high-tech robotics that uh, it, it can talk. It can, its eyes can blink, its mouth can move, but also it can also be interface with the world banking system. And because it's a computer interface with high uh, robotic technology. It'll be at light speed be able to scan and know who has the mark because they're going to know who they issued it to and who they haven't issued it to. And they'll cross-reference all of that and then the image of the beast will be able to spit out the warrants, the death warrants and the, the warrants to go and capture and arrest and ultimately commit capital punishment on those who refuse to get the mark. This is how that Robotic image, or that image when it's bought to life, will be able to do that because if it's just some organic life like the uh rods bought, bought forth, uh, but like by uh, Pharaoh's magicians, that that type of life would not be able to know who has the market of and who doesn't. So, this one is going to be a highly intelligent, but it will be uh, 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 uh it will be uh, use the information that is uploaded into it, just like Watson, IBM's Watson, they got these super, super computers that can read a thousand books, a a, a thousand books a second. And it has all this information. I mean, it's just off off the chain what these things can do. And so this is what I believe will be because this is how the image of the beast is going to know who has the mark and who doesn't have the mark. Now, By it being a robotic, uh, 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 intelligent, high-tech machine that's not human, that means it won't have any mercy, nor will it have any concern about boy, girl, woman, child, man, cousin, nothing. These machines do not have the ability to have a heart, have love and have mercy, have compassion. It will be devoid of that. It will just be able to spit out the warrants and say, this person lives, this person dies, this person can buy a sale, that person can't. It'll be able to shut people off in a minute, ladies and gentlemen, and then this is how they're going to control it because even the Antichrist and the false prophet will not in their human ability be able to do that. This will be an image that they bring to life, glory to God, and will cause the world to worship the beast. He'll cause the world to worship the beast, but in, the, in compliance to getting the mark of the beast and all of that, ladies and gentlemen, it'll be controlled by the robotic image that they bring to life, that will have control over all of this and have every and have access to everybody's data, cross-reference with who has who who has the mark and who doesn't have the mark. So this is why this is so important. And like I say, even though John used the word "numa" for breathe life into, that's why it's translated that way. But we have to understand that was the only word he had available because he's in the first century looking 21 centuries in the future and seeing things he has no language other than those language that was common to him to describe things that were way beyond his ability to understand. So uh, uh, this is why... Uh, these things are, are so, so, uh, so interesting in the name of Jesus. So let us continue in our lesson. So now, this is what the Bible says. Verse number 16, Revelation 13. He causeth all small and great and the rich and the poor, the free man and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand or, or on their forehead. Now, I want you to look at the words. Look at the words now. To be given a mark on. That means topical. That's what that means. On the skin. Okay? Visible. All right? Given a mark on. Not in. Not under. On. Their right hand or their forehead. And he provides that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. So this this mark would be the equivalent of the the number of the beast or the name of the beast, Uh, glory to God. And so this is what makes this very interesting. And then John gives us a clue, it's a cryptic clue. Here is wisdom, let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and this number is 666, or in other words, 666. No one today really knows what that means. You know, in the ancient times, in John's time, they thought it was Nero. You know, I remember there was one that would say it was Ronald Wilson Reagan. <laughs> you know, every everybody their Mama done been the Antichrist up tonight. <laughs> everybody done been Antichrist. Everybody done been the Beast. So, but ladies and gentlemen, these are very specific individuals that you won't be able to mistake them when they get here. Okay, now, uh, uh, and I know pre trib, some people put it's pre trib, we're going apoplectic. We're not gonna be here for the church. Look, we are not pre trib. I'm not teaching pre trib. All right, so just don't, <laughs> if, if this is too much for you, well, I understand if you leave, but. I hope you stay because you'll learn something. Glory to God. This is why this information is in the Bible. Why do you think God put all this in there? So we wouldn't pay attention to it or he wanted us to pay attention to it. Information that can be found nowhere else in the world. This information is in your Bible. It's not in the Quran. It's not in the, the with the Shinto's and the Hindus and all the other folk. What they what they read is not in the Jewish Bible. That's the Old Testament. Okay, they don't they don't have this information. They have they have it about Daniel 70 weeks and some things that relate to the beast, but not about the mark of the beast and all of that. This is it. This it has exclusivity to the New Testament. The New Testament has exclusivity to the church, okay? You can't get around that, all right? So now, the mark of the beast, continued. Now, the word mark comes from the Greek word charagma, and it means an engraved, etched, or branded, or inscribed mark or sign. It can be used for an inscription or a stamp. For example, the imperial stamp on decrees. The impress on coins gives gives it more general sense of money, okay? So this is something that is engraved, etched, or branded on top. This is why they said they received the mark on their right hand or on their head, okay? All right. Now, that uh, that uh, definition of the word shragma comes from the theological uh, dictionary of the New Testament, okay? Now... The mark of the beast will be some type of topical, visible mark that will readily identify people as belonging to the beast's economic system and a sign of allegiance to the beast and acceptance of him as God. Okay? So you have to under, you under have to understand why he would want people to see it. This is this is not no incognito mark, something under the skin, planted under the skin. That's not that's not what this is. This is something where you know you're showing open allegiance by wearing it on your forehead or your hand. Now later on in the program, I'm actually going to share with you uh, a Netflix uh, piece of a Netflix documentary called "Coded Bias," and we're going to see how people in China are using it using this to to, some out some. Technology that's far out using facial recognition and social scoring. We're going to get into them to show it to you. Now, this is what the Bible says about him, uh, about the uh, beast. The mark of the beast will be some type, again, some type of topical, physical mark that will readily identify people as belonging to the beast, beast's economic system, and a sign of allegiance to the beast and acceptance of him as God. So he's got to be accepted as God. So when a person gets to market the beast, they're not just going like getting their license. You know, it'll probably be something like that. And maybe these they'll use secretaries of states. I don't know how they're gonna do it. Who knows? The, the, no one knows how we know the what of prophecy, we don't know the when or the how. We don't know how this stuff is gonna come about. We don't know. Okay, no one knows, okay? All right now. So, But in Thessalonians, it talks about the same thing, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. So the Antichrist is going to want to be worshipped as God, and the beast is going to be the one who encourages the world to, uh, the, I mean, the false prophet excuse me, is going to encourage everybody in the world to worship the first beast. So remember, there is a beast number one who is the Antichrist, but there's also beast number two who is the false prophet. It is the false prophet that makes the world worship the beast. It is the false prophet that says we need to make an image of the beast. It is a false prophet who then brings life to the beast. So the false prophet is a key, key player. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not just the Antichrist. And another thing, the mark of the beast cannot get here till the beast is here. Now, the technology that the mark of the beast may use may be here uh, or be developed soon, but, but it's not the mark of the beast until the beast is here declaring himself as God with the false prophet standing next to him a lot making the world do these things. So it's not until all of that is in place, it's not the mark of the beast that the Bible is talking about. It, would it be technology similar? That may be in existence already. We may already be doing a lot of this stuff. Okay. So we're already in an age where this this could happen relatively quick but it's not the mark of the beast. That's why I was telling people that during COVID-19, if they were talking about the chip was in the shot and all that, there are people in the cemetery right now believing that mess because people didn't know. They're ignorant to what the Bible says. The Bible gives the information. You cannot have the mark of the beast before the beast gets here because it's his mark. He's the one who issues it. He's Him and the false prophet issues it. If you don't have an antichrist, and you don't have a false prophet that's working miracles and all that, you do not have the beast, the situation for the beast to be uh, going forth. So you have to understand that. Okay, now, what we have to understand about the market beast, ladies and gentlemen, when it happens... The mark of the beast would utilize the most advanced technologies the world has ever known and will be the best economic system ever devised. It's not going to look evil. This is going to be the latest technical technological breakthroughs or whatever they have, however they want to call it, but it is going to be what modern people are going to be doing. And so that technology, he will hijack that technology, whatever it is, and they'll they'll use it to make the marks of the beast and all that stuff. Okay. So this is going to be a very good uh, 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 system. Okay. Paper money, identity theft will be uh, lost. Uh, lost credit cards and all that would be things of the past. It would not come off as being evil, but the right thing to do in order to partake in the promise, uh, prosperity of the beast's global economy. One will have to worship the Antichrist as God and take his mark to buy or in order and take his mark in order to buy a sale. The world will be astonished at the Antichrist and support his economy and prosperity. For example, the Germans did not see Hitler as evil. Now the Jews and everybody else did, but the Germans did. not He was their champion, okay? So that's what you have to understand. The the world is going to worship the beast as God. They're going to love him. He's going to be popular. And his economic system is going to be popular. And the people who refuse to go along with the program are going to be outcasts. And they're going to be, The people are going to be thinking they are deserving of death. How dare them not worship him? How dare them not get the mark of the beast? Call the police on him. There's something wrong with them. That's how that's going to be uh, dealt with. So at this point, ladies and gentlemen, let us go. Uh, I just got a, a snippet of the uh, movie, uh, uh, Netflix uh, uh, documentary called Coded Bias. It's only a couple of minutes. A lot of it, you have to read the subtitles because the, the people are speaking in Chinese, but you have to read the subtitles, but you're gonna be amazed at what you see in this video.
1: There's this thing called the social credit score in China. They're sort of explicitly saying, here's the deal, citizens of China, we're tracking you, you have a social credit score, whatever you say about the Communist Party will affect your score. Also, by the way, it will affect your friends and your family's scores. And it's explicit, the government is building this is basically saying, you should know you're being tracked and you should behave accordingly. It's like algorithmic obedience training.
2: 我自己就生活中很多像整个社会的一个信用机制信用机制还有人脸识别现在我们就可以直接根据 We look at China and China's surveillance and scoring system, and a lot of people say, Well, thank goodness we don't live there. In reality, we're all being scored all the time.
0: Now, ladies and gentlemen, wasn't that interesting how in China they have already developed a system that integrates facial recognition with your banking information, and instead of a credit score, a social score, and when you go to a store, your face is scanned, the computer recognizes your face, has access to your bank account, no money has changed hands, no nothing. The lady also mentioned that with the social score, They can control whether you can take, uh, if you have a a good enough score, they can use the scores to determine whether you can get on a plane or a train or not. And then she also talked about how if she's going to meet some new guy now, they go, she looks at his social score because if you are someone who is compliant with the government, you pay your bills on time, all that, you get a score. And from that score, people can judge your character and make determinations about you. So even when she was at the pop machine, and they had the part when she was at the grocery store, it scanned her face, her face appeared on the screen, it it accessed her account, she paid for the thing. No money changed, no nothing, okay? And then uh, when she was at the pop machine, then it showed two two women at the uh, the different ladies at the pop machine. One was so short, she had to jump up for the for the camera to catch her face. But so in China now, they have completely integrated all of this into their system, and this is what they're using. So this is the type of technology that the Mark of the Beast will use. And for when the Mark of the Beast comes out, instead of it using just a total facial recognition it'll just scan the mark and just so you you just watched how something like the mark of the beast could happen uh and the technology exists already it's already here so now uh uh, so now we can understand Uh, how all of this can come together. What's going to be needed now is all the banks need to come come together and everybody have access to that. And then eventually a a worldwide totalitarian government such as the Beast's government uh, would need to be in place and all that. So we have a ways to go, but certainly we are looking at the technological advances that would allow the uh, Mark of the Beast to be functional where he scans your right hand or your forehead uh, where you don't have to worry about jumping up and seeing the camera, because as, as a matter of fact, that's one of the problems with the facial recognition. If the camera is like put up too high, then a short person would be able to do it. Well, you do, you do away with that if you put it on their forehead or their right hand. So then you, then you don't have to worry about it. The hand can be scanned as opposed to trying to get all of your face and uh, that type of thing. And then, you know, what about short, tall people and all of that and bending down and trying to get your face lined up? So you wouldn't have to do that with the market beast. The market beast actually will be even a little bit more efficient than that. So therefore, now we're seeing how all this could happen. And I just think that's an interesting thing. Back to our lesson. Wow, wasn't that something? I tell you, that technology of the things they're doing over in China are off the chain. That is just off the chain, ladies and gentlemen. So now, again, we're dealing with the false prophet. So now we're going to get into his false prophet. The false prophet is the force that's behind the mark of the beast and the creation of the image of the beast. He's the force behind that. Very key player, okay? Verse number 12, he exercised all the authority of the first beast in his presence, and he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast. Verse 14, he performs great signs so so that he even makes fire come down out of heaven to the earth in the presence of people. Glory to God. Just imagine something like that happen. Somebody been able to call down fire from heaven That's going to blow people away when they see that, okay? All right, now, so the image of the beast. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth because of the signs which it was given to him to perform and the presence of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast who had the wound with the sword and did come to life and it was given to him to give breath to the image of the beast so that the image of the beast would both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Lord God, we're just recapping here. So now, when now Daniel the prophet gives us some very inf- interesting information about this. Listen to what he says here. This is Daniel chapter 12 verse number 11 in ESB. It says From the time that the regular sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, you see the word set up there in white, there will be 1290 days. Now that's cryptic, but you have to understand Daniel 70th week is a seven-year period. 1260 days is half of that time. Okay, so the Daniel 70th week is basically the first half, second half. 1,290 days is 30 days more than 1,260 days, so you get a 30-day period here. Now, this is what, I'm bringing the the commentaries of a few scholars, Dr. John Walvoord and uh, uh, Tony Evans, and I say Tony Evans because a lot of people are familiar with him. He's still around today. Dr. Walvoord is dead. Dr. Walvoord would have been one of the people who taught Tony Evans. Tony Evans, Hal Lindsey, David Jeremiah, Robert Jeffers, Chuck Swindoll, Erwin Lutzer, Hal Lindsey, uh, 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 David Jeremiah, you know, a bunch of people. A lot lot of the top evangelical ministers have gone to Dallas Theological Seminary. This, This person, John Walvoord, would have taught them. The abomination of desolation is also the image of the beast being placed in the holy place of the rebuilt temple. It will take 30 days to set it up or become operational. Now, the abomination of desolation that Jesus talked of in in Matthew uh, uh, 24, 15, Jesus said, and when you see the abomination of desolation spoken about Daniel, the prophet Daniel here in Daniel 12 talks about the abomination of desolation. That's when the Antichrist walks into the temple of God, declares himself to be God. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse three and four. All right. Now, not only does he go in and sit on the throne of God and declare himself to be God, they erect the image of the beast also in the holy place, which is also the abomination of desolation. So all of it is the abomination. It's not just one thing. It's, it's him placing that image there too, but it's going to take it to time to get set up. So now this is what Dr. Walvoord in the Bible Knowledge Commentary says about this verse. He says, the 1290 days could begin with the announcement about the abomination of desolation made 30 days before the abomination is introduced. This abomination, as stated earlier, will be the image of himself. Now that's Dr. John Walvoord of uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. He went to home to be with the Lord, I think, in 2012, no, 2004. And uh, 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 this is from his commentary. Now let's look at what Dr. Evans says about it. He said, this then could be the time between the announcement that the abomination of desolation, uh, Daniel 12:11) is going to be set up and it's actual erection the actual erection of the image. So that's where it's going to take them about a 30-day period to set it up. It's very interesting that Daniel gives us that insight. So from the time it's announced that it's going to be made, it's going to be 1,290 days going to be went by, which is 30 more days than that, that middle point. So that's where we get the 30 days because 1,290 is 30 days more than 1,260. 1,260 is that middle of the week part where the Antichrist, Goes in, takes away the daily sacrifice, declares himself to be God. He he then becomes what is known as the beast. He's not the beast until that happens, though, because the beast only has 42 months to be the beast or the antichrist. Now, the mark of the beast, excuse me, again, the Greek word is charagma. It implies something graven or etched. It would probably be some form of tattoo. Okay, and tattoos are very popular today. Some form of that. So they're gonna mark, they're gonna mark people with it somehow. Okay, a computer chip under the skin would not be visible. Antichrist's totalitarian regime will require open conformity. The mark of the beast will be an unmistakable, open profession profession of allegiance to him. In a sense, people will be wearing their international ID card on their right hand or their forehead. Okay? Now, the interesting thing is mark technology exists now. We're already using it. A good example of a mark used to facilitate electronic transactions are the quick response codes or QR codes. These marks do not have any electronic components directly connected to them. There's no chips, no wires, no antennas, no cords. It's just a mark until you scan it. Now the technology is in the scanning device. And the system that the reader, the laser light is connected to, once it reads the thing, then all the information pops up. So just think about it, ladies and gentlemen. We all have numbers right now. Every one of us, especially in the United States. If you're born in the United States, you're born with a social security number. We already have numbers. Okay. That number could be transmitted or translated to your own individual QR code. They can just make it attached to your number. Now I'm not saying QR codes are the market beast. Don't get me wrong. What I'm saying is mark technology exists now. You can take a QR code, put it on anything—a cereal box, your hand, your face, computer screen, a wall, a, a box, anything. You can put them on anything because there's no electronic components. All you need to be able is to stick it on something. If the technology comes with when it's scanned, that's. What the technology comes. So this is why QR codes are marked. Now, if John saw something like that, what what he are, what, are what are you gonna call it? You can't call it a picture, you can't call it an image of something because it's 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 a, just a mark. He he would know what to call it if he saw something like that. Now, again, ladies and gentlemen, I am not saying that you that the QR codes that are here today are the mark of the beast. What I'm saying is mark technology so far is facilitating, buying, and selling already exists. We know them today as QR codes. That's all I'm saying. This is how close we are to this, ladies and gentlemen. Glory to God. This is not a joke. This is real. Glory to God. Revelation 14. Now, what happens if you get the mark of the beast? You need to know. Third angel followed them and said with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives its mark on their forehead or on their hand, they too will drink the wine of the God's fury, which has been poured out full strength in the cup of his wrath. They will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the lamb. And the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and there will be no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and its image or for anyone who receives the mark of its name. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is clearly telling you that number one, what's going to happen is during these times, God is going to send an angel to the planet to warn people not to get the mark of the beast. This is absolutely phenomenal. I talk about this in my commentary. This is stuff that people just do not hear because they don't know it's in Revelation. People have always been told the church is not going to be here. We don't need to know this. They don't crack the Bible. God, because he's gracious. And because the mark of the beast is a sin that can only be committed one time in all of human history, he issues a special commandment not to do it, tells what the penalty is, but he sends an angel, ladies and gentlemen, to the planet to yell out to the world, do not get the mark of the beast. This is amazing. It's right here in your Bible. Listen again, it says, the third angel followed them and said in a loud voice of anyone, worships the beast and his image or receive this mark on their foreheads or their hands, they too will drink the wine of God's wrath. That's what that fury means is God's wrath. Glory to God. Now, this is what it, it says. And this is another thing that revelation says who gets the mark of the beast. The Bible tells you and all who dwell on the earth will worship him. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who has been slain. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, the people who get the mark of the beast, that means their name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. If your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, you're not going to get the mark of the beast because that means you belong to Christ. You have the seal of God. The, uh, the, uh, you have the. You have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, glory to God. You're saved, so you're not going to get the mark of the beast. Glory to God. Those who get it, their names are not written in the book. Let's read it again. Revelation 13, 7 and 8. This is what it says. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, being the antichrist, the beast, everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the lamb who has been slain. So it's telling you right there, if you get the mark of the beast, that's because your name is not written in the last book of life. Now, this is what's going to happen to the people whose names are not written in the last book of life. This is Revelation chapter 20 verses 12 through 15 NASB. This is what it says. And I saw the dead great and small standing before the throne and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things that were written in the books according to their deeds. Ladies and gentlemen, every word, thought or deed is recorded. And on this judgment, which is not for the church, which is not for the righteous. This is the judgment of the wicked. Glory to God. Every word, thought, deed is written down. Glory to God. So if you sin just one time, you go to hell. That's it. If you don't have a savior. See, this is why being saved is so important. Saved from what? Saved from this. What'd you save from? Glory to God. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before the throne. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. So all of their works are recorded. Jesus said you would give account for every jot or tittle, every, every idle word, okay? And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead which were in them. And they would judge every one of them according to their deeds. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire, ladies and gentlemen. That's the final destination of those who reject the gospel, reject Jesus, get the mark of the beast, and all of that. Why is all of this in the Bible, ladies and gentlemen? Why is it here? Because God wants us to know, ladies and gentlemen, of what's going on in these last days. The book of Revelation has information that no other book on the planet has. It was given to the church. Why isn't the church paying attention to it? Because most of us are under the del- most many of us are under the delusion that it doesn't apply to the church. Well, some of the things don't apply to the church like that. That judgment there—that's not for Christians. That's for the people who do not know Christ, who are going to be raised and brought out of their graves <laughs> to stand judgment. The people that commit suicide to get away from that. No, you just hopped out of the frying pan into the skillet. That's all you did. Glory to God. You left here, yeah. But you you haven't escaped anything. Ladies and gentlemen, this is real. If the Bible is right about the technology, if the Bible is right about the mark of the beast, if the Bible is right about all of the signs that we are seeing right now, then it's right about you must be born again. It's right about you need a savior, ladies and gentlemen. It's right about there is no remission. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. The Bible is right when it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but him that believeth not shall be damned. Glory to God. The Bible is right when it says, Anyone have not the spirit of Christ. He is none of his. The Bible is right when it says, On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out devils and do many miracles? Christ says, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. It's not about going to church. It's about having a relationship with Jesus. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, the next lessons to follow are the sequence of events. Glory to God. We're going to be covering Revelation 13, 14, and 15. Three of the most important chapters in the book of Revelation. You gotta tune in. Please tell people about my teachings in this podcast. I know I don't teach like everybody else. I know, I know, I know. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna I back up everything with the scriptures. And also, ladies and gentlemen, it's gonna be in my commentary. Glory to God. It'll be coming out hopefully in 2024, Lord willing. Uh, we're in the middle of, uh, uh, of fixing it up now, getting it ready and all of that, but it'll be coming out. And I want you to tell me, uh, anxiously wait for it, ladies and gentlemen, and get it because it's going to help you in Jesus name. Listen, it's time for me to go. God bless you. Love you. We'll talk to you later in Jesus name. We'll see you. God bless you and keep you.
1: You must know the times, answers to 25 essential questions on end time prophecy, a powerful new book by Dennis James Woods. The world is spiraling out of control at an alarming pace. Wildfires, earthquakes, hurricanes, and floods devastate entire communities. Global pandemics kill hundreds of thousands of people. Social injustice, unrest, and lawlessness threaten our societies. Political instability and the threat of war increase hostilities between nations. The birth pangs of distress are getting more intense each day. The question is, what do all these things mean, and where is this world headed? Unfortunately, at a time when people need answers the most, many do not know about the end times. You Must Know The Times, Answers to 25 Essential Questions on End-Time Prophecy is an eye-opening book that is specifically designed to educate readers on a wide range of subjects concerning the last days. This book will equip you to discern the times in which we now live. You will learn what the Bible says about the signs of the times. The conflict in the Middle East, the tribulation period, the nation of Israel, the mark of the beast the Antichrist, the Battle of Armageddon, the Rapture of the Church, the Return of the Lord, and many more essential topics. Discover the powerful message the Book of Revelation has for Christians, and the perils that await a rebellious world. The Lord warns, Look, I am coming like a thief. The one who is alert and remains clothed, is blessed. Therefore, it is vitally important that you must know the times. Be aware, be informed, and most of all, be prepared for things to come. Get your copy today of You Must Know the Times by Dennis James Woods at Amazon, iTunes, Google Books, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold.